Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Matos. And this is Melissa Matos. And we have a guest. Introduce uh, yourself. I am the guest. My name is Will uh, Ford Conway, I suppose. That's my name. Can I, should I put that on the internet? Am I protected? Is this, is this, <laughs> is this, a, find you? Is this a secure line? You, you know, on I the internet, so. you, you can't be... There's there Russians that are... Yeah, well, you know, you got you got your a number one uh, Disney shill on the <laughs> at the table at the table. So you know, I don't know. Does this uh, disqualify me? Yeah. Oh, oh man! <laughs> uh, no, oh, I, my my name my name's Will, and uh, you can uh, I go by the WFC the Ethnic Nerd on Twitter. So. Yeah. yeah, that's my name. <laughs> thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. So, uh, me and Melissa recently started a Patreon called Think Outside the Box, and for those of you who've been listening, you can find extra content there. We have the Random Media Minicast, which has been in a couple of our uh, previous episodes, um, where we pick something random out of a hat and you watch it, read it, um, live it, pray it. <laughs> Um, video series, serialized novels, uh, and then the uh, an ebook a year if you well, want to go that high into the into the stratosphere. <laughs> with, with <laughs> They're all the way up there. We gotta go all the way up, uh, the way up to up the stratosphere. There. Yeah, you have to go where Red Skull was in Infinity War. Oh, oh. spoiler! Or, but you have yeah. to sacrifice something that you love. Oh no, John. <laughs> Wait, I, uh, we're recording on this cliff. John, I didn't know. Bye, Will. Are those tears for me? Is that, is that what's going on? That oh, um, no. I'm just glad you didn't let me bring back Bowie, because then we'd have to sacrifice yeah. Bowie, and that did not go well. No, at, least I, at least I got to see one of the Avengers finale, so like, at least I got that one. But yeah, so uh, be sure to hit that up if you feel inclined. Uh, also, Will, you can plug anything that you want. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, if anybody knows me out there somewhere, somewhere out there, that's a song. Uh, yeah, I am on, on the Internet and I partake in the podcasting myself. I'm happy to be here because uh, there's this is no work for me. All the work goes to somebody else for a change. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, I, I've, host, I, I've been the host of a couple podcasts. Uh, the most recent ongoing one, which is uh uh, two episodes a month is the Bonzilla podcast, in which uh, me and a buddy of mine uh, go down the roster of two of the longest-running franchises of cinema history, James Bond and Godzilla. Um, we are on break for this month, but we should be up pretty soon uh, if you want to go check that out. Uh, the last two episodes I would recommend. I'm a little biased. I'm a part of them. Um, <laughs> but if you also want to, while we are not updating episodes, you can still find them on iTunes of the Upside fans podcast if you want to go down an archive of a show that I had fun doing for two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is more to come. But uh, primarily this episode with you guys. Yeah, no, I, I gotta give you credit for um, inspiring this in, in some ways. Uh, the Upside fans, um, what I really liked about it was this kind of earnest look at nerdy things, being able to be excited about things that you're excited about and not apologize for it. So I really enjoyed that when while you're doing it, and I would recommend it to anybody who's listening. Oh, I, I, I appreciate that. John's also bearing the lead a little bit. John is one. Uh, go we go way back. 
uh, to, to high school to uh, where I say that we were a little bit ahead of the curve on the nerds and stuff in the comic book movies. <laughs> and the joke I always say, if I can share this, is that, you know, we were in school and I was like, you know what, John? You know what they'll never do? I'm like a crazy man coming in with the papers. <laughs> I'm like, they'll never do this, John. They'll never do this. They'll never put the white eyes on the mask. <laughs> they should do it, but they'll never do it. And then uh, fast forward to Deadpool and Spider-Man, and John was one of the first people uh, I thought of, and uh, I'm uh, in town uh, for this movie. I don't know if we should mention the movie yet, but I was in town for the conversation of the evening, and you said, let's get the band back together, and I told John there has been no better idea. So thanks for having me on. Yeah. I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> but um, th- that's really the, the lead, in my opinion, is that like you and I... Uh, were enthusiastic comic book fans um, in, during the birth of this um, renaissance of interest in it. Yeah, and comic book and superhero fans. I'm a, I'm a big, uh, unapologetic superhero person. Yeah, yeah, yeah same here. So uh, the idea that the it's been part of the zeitgeist since then, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, for uh, Marvel, because they have that 10 in their studios thing now, um, it reminds you how deserve that ten, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and um, I think that they've been doing a really good job. Um, so that that's kind of the uh, front seat. But uh, before we get to the front seat, we have to deal with some stuff in the back seat. Oh, uh, and um, <laughs> back seat drivers. My favorite James Bond quip: back seat driver. That's when he like pulls the guy out of the plane. Watch James Bond. See the Bondzilla podcast, everybody. <laughs> Um, but uh, there is a uh, kerfuffle, if I could, <laughs> if I could use that salty language. <laughs> you're like you're, you're that, that. That sounds like uh, Randall Park in this movie. Like, this movie yeah. kind of, like, that sounds like where he, his character is in this movie. It's a kerfuffle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because uh, there was a tweet. What on Twitter? A kerfuffle on Twitter. <laughs> Who would have thought? How 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 could we have guessed? It's like the it's the greatest place on earth. It's Disneyland and then Twitter. Like, <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? Explain yourself, John. Okay, so <laughs> this kind of made me upset because it seems like uh, nowadays we can't ex- escape from outrage over everything. Um, uh, there was somebody by the name of Michael Shipley who Ooh, uh, him out. tweeted, yeah, uh, yeah we're, go- we're going there. Uh, th- he said, this is the future the liberals are planning for you. Women are men and men are women. And he was specifically reacting to the poster for Ant-Man and the Wasp, where the Wasp was kind of... She wasn't even really front and center. She yeah. was just kind of, like... At the top. Higher in the poster than the male lead. And so... Well, if I, if I may interject, I actually think the poster was one of the... Like, you know, they do these character posters, and it was specifically the one where it is the two of them. Uh-huh. And it's just framed that she... If I remember correctly, that she's, like, she's... She's standing in front of the guy. Like, yeah. she's placed in the foreground, just right. like, huh. Like, you can't, this is an audio medium, so it's like, can't see it. But she's, like, facing forward, and, you know, Paul Rudd's got his back, and he's like, oh, I got your back. Yeah, that's why he's back. Right. So that, that that was the one that I saw that was referenced, right. but I could be wrong. And so what what, what I want to do is use this, harness the the uh, carfuffletude yeah. that's, that's, that's I'm gonna, swarming around. I'm going to defuffle this. <laughs> <laughs> you follow it all yeah. um, by by going more to the fundamental story elements of this movie and talk about why 
in the promotional things that you saw for this movie, you might have seen some tension because all of these movies are built around some kind of tension. Mm-hmm. And I felt like part of it going into it was going to be the fact that uh, the Wasp as a character is more competent than Ant-Man is. Mm-hmm. And showing that in the trailer to assume that there's a political agenda just because this character is slightly more um, competent than another character. It's kind of just misunderstanding what a movie or a story is trying to do. It's trying to set up an expectation and then show how these people work around it. And I thought one thing that this movie did really well was um, having this really human conflict. The conflict is really the fact that um, Janet Van Dyne um, is still stuck in the quantum Quantum realm. Yeah. Quantum realm. Yeah. And so, and Femme has an idea as to how they can go in and find her and rescue her. The heart of the movie is this kind of rescue mission. And um, I felt like the idea was that Ant- Ant-Man is um, kind of embedded somehow because he's been to the quantum realm with this memory from um, Hope's mother and, and, and Hank's wife. Um, and so in order to help free her, they have to get these uh, these messages out of his head and use them to um, complete the mission. Um, so even though he got in trouble in um, Civil War and uh, is kind of a, a screw-up, mm-hmm. he's being expected to help them on this mission. And so the tension in it is, like, can he get his act together and... Yeah. you know, help save the day. Yeah, a lot more of that angle in the movie than I thought was going to be. This mm-hmm. whole, like, oh, you know, um, and, I, you know, I don't want to step... I, I'll get back to this real quick. Um, but, it, you know, I watched the, the first uh, Ant-Man in preparation uh, for this one, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that always struck me most, and, you know, this is a big strength of Marvel in general, is, like, the casting of Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, and they really hone in on the, oh, this is just a normal dude. Like, he's just your everyday guy. He's got, like, problems, and it's made worse because he's, like, an ex-con mm-hmm. and things like that. And I, it was interesting to me, and one of the stronger elements of the movie, that this really really delved into unapologetically being like, yeah, he's kind of a screw-up. Like, mm-hmm. he is a... Like, sometimes things get worse in this movie uh, because of his decisions. Right. And the movie is very unapologetic of of pointing that out, but in a very human way. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't necessarily believe, like, oh, it's like the agenda that the man is, uh, like, messing up. No, I mean, it's like... They were very believable mess-ups, but the movie was also like, yeah, like, this is a challenge for this character that he is not the uh, infallible hero. Right. Um, and I didn't get any sense of them trying to make it a gender agenda at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, it didn't seem like, oh, well, of course this person is more competent because she's the woman. It had nothing to do with the fact that she's the woman. They just happened to be a family of brilliant scientists. So, like, her father was just as brilliant mm-hmm. as her. Um, yeah, it seemed like most other people in the movie were more competent then. Right. Well, yeah. remember, I mean, it's the whole both in-joke 
uh, well, not in-joke, but plot element in the first one and more meta reaction to the first one, um, which is interesting because the first one has become, despite all like the production issues behind that, mm-hmm. that even nerds got more mad about than anybody else. But, you know, it, it kind of ended up being, um, in my experience with maybe non-diehards um, of these movies, uh-huh. it's one of the more favorable ones is the, uh-huh. is the original Ant-Man. It's like a lot of people like it. But one of the meta things about it was people were like, why isn't she doing this stuff? Uh-huh. She's clearly <laughs> better Obviously at better doing all, right. all this stuff. So, I mean, it's baked in to the DNA of the movie. I mean, if, if I can just, like, attack this oh. comment about, like, this whole, like, this is this is the future. You see, I mean, we've had a movie where the front of the poster on two of the movies has been a raccoon. A raccoon's been in front <laughs> of Chris <laughs> Pratt. And, yeah. like, like, he's been in, in the center. Like, you've had a baby tree hold up a little tape cassette. <laughs> is this the America you want? It's the America I want. Yeah. It's the raccoons <laughs> blasting music. I mean, you know, it, it's... I don't really know how to respond to something like that. I mean, it was one of those, like, you, we had, I think we had talked about it on Twitter, or it had popped up some way, and we had a brief exchange about it, where you look at it, and for a while you're trying to figure out, like, what is he talking about? (laughs) And it's literally just, like, she's in front of him on the poster. Uh Um, But it's, like, I don't know. Like, I I truly don't know how to respond. But if we're talking about story, I mean, yeah, no, it's definitely. It's also, like, it's a... It's a two. It's no different than Men in Black, really. Like where it's like, in terms of, well, it's two co. It's co leads. It's Ant Man right. and the Wasp. Right. That's what the movie is. <laughs> and I was, yeah. I thought they got equal, equal time. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, very much. So. And they were both equally important to the plot. Right. It wasn't like, the one was the person getting saved, or the one mm-hmm. was just dressing to the uh, the original one's plot. They were both very central to the storyline. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm one of these, um, and I was very open and understood um, some of the, like the mild criticisms of the first one about, you know, maybe Hope not being the center of it, uh, Evangeline Lilly's character. Um, but I also fought back a little bit because I felt. For me, a lot of stuff, the biggest thing I, why I love, and yes, film Twitter, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and I will tell you, I will challenge you on every single one that's not Iron Man 2. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> I will, that, that's the only one I won't, I won't fight too hard about. Uh, but um, and no, but it's like one of the things I, I think they do get really well is eventually there's... Even the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that you could say, like, all right, this is, like, mid-tier, this is good entertainment. I I personally feel like there's always something in these movies for me that just go a little bit further, and it's usually the character stuff. It's usually mm-hmm. some sort of emotional uh, relationship with a character or something that the character is going through. And while, yes, I understood and think it's valid, the criticisms of Evangeline Lilly's character and like her not being the center of it in the first one, I thought that her relationship with Hank... Uh, that they had kind of like this messed up father-daughter thing, and he didn't want her doing it. But you could also kind of tell the more you watch that movie um, that she also has her own issues to figure out. Like, she's also not letting go of the past. And, yeah, it's fun that, like, you know, Scott Lang, Paul Rudd's character, is becoming Ant-Man, but the emotional core of that movie for me is the father-daughter stuff. And the scene in the first one where... She, you know, he tells her, like, this is what happened to your daughter, and they have that reconciliation moment is 
the most powerful thing to me. And that to me was the heart of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like that's those types of things. And this movie had that too, where it's just that little moment where, Oh, this goes a little bit further I like to, to, for it to stick with me. The the father-daughter thing they sort of set up with Lawrence Fishburne's character and the, the ghost yeah. thing. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but that was another theme that yeah. ran through their storyline, too, where it's more of a, okay, we're going to have a relationship here, but it's going to be this mentor, I'm going to help you kind of thing, as opposed to... I'm just very happy and refreshed that the, the, the central themes of a lot of these movies is no longer a romance. Sure. Not yeah. that I mind romance, but, like, there are so many other relationships to explore yeah. that can pull you into a storyline. And this movie didn't belabor the romance that's in it right. either. So, right. like, that I thought was a good—I I, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's fun that it's there. Yeah. And you know that they have a thing and that they're, they'll eventually get over themselves and hopefully be a nice couple. But, like, that doesn't have to be the central driving thing yeah. of the story. And, you know, and there's a valid criticism with movies maybe dealing with— daddy issues a little too much I'm a sucker for daddy issues but I get the criticism that maybe it's you know too many it's a go to and it's kind of like a uh, a lesson in maybe you need newer voices in the industry not even maybe you definitely need new voices in the industry um, but uh there is something about like the father daughter thing that I think that the first movie does well and now that you bring that up I feel like this movie even hard, like you know uh, doubles down on in a way that I like a lot and it's something that you don't necessarily always get to see yeah. um, and a natural progression from the stuff that happened in the first movie right. to this movie so yeah. um, she can be in front of him on the poster who cares <laughs> it's <is laughs> basically what I'm trying to say uh, I'm glad you brought it up but like mm-hmm. come on dude yeah I, I think that that's the my main kind of point to um, kind of stick a pin in it. Before I stick a pin in it, hi, this is Future John, and I'd like to apologize. There were fireworks going off, uh, even though it's after 4th of July, but I live in inner city Philadelphia. Uh, so uh, sorry about that. Um, it doesn't seem to peak the audio or make you unable to hear who's talking. So if you hear pops in the background, that's just fireworks. Nobody's getting shot, and so I guess that's a plus. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the show. Trying to hold a story to the standard of some kind of, like, propaganda tool. Yeah. It's 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 a non-starter because any good story should show characters changing over sure. the course of the thing. So uh, anything that you're seeing an ad for or you're seeing some kind of promotional thing, it's trying to set up an expectation and uh, whether or not it's going gonna, it's gonna to lean into a topical thing or, or uh, one theme or another, um, it's, it's, a misunderst- it's a core misunderstanding of what a, a promotional tool is trying to do to think like, oh, this is promoting some kind of agenda. Um, yeah, and, and I think yeah. that the, the films that I would say that uh, get it wrong or, or, you know, they lean too hard into some kind of agenda and then more people just get mad than are able to actually enjoy the story. Sure, um, sure. I think are just uh, they're they, that's it's not uh, when I come up against those or if I see some kind of um, criticism like say of like the Ghostbusters or something. Sure. They, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's I'm more or less put off not by the fact that they came up with some kind of agenda for it. It's just that it's not doing some of the work in like what you're saying with the relationships. Um, yeah. Sure. I mean, listen. I think. It's hard with the agenda thing. It often comes from 
what's the polite way of putting this? Not the most well-rounded of people, I would say. So I'm a little bit hesitant to go down that. But I, I do understand what you're saying. But even then, I do think that most of the times, for me at least, I mean, these movies are fine to have agendas if they want to, mm-hmm. um, even if I don't love the term. Um, but it, having it is usually never the issue with me. I mean, you can still... It, it's usually about execution mm-hmm. all the yeah. time. I mean, so There are skillful ways to to send a message through a movie. Sure. You know, there are better ways than others, but... <laughs> oh, what, well, you know, one, 100%. I had this uh, big... Uh, I go on sometimes Twitter rants that nobody cares about or listens to, which they shouldn't because it's, I mean, I'm just, I'm just uh, putting my, my voice out in the void. But, you know, I, I had a, a comment about not necessarily, and I won't get into this discussion, but not necessarily why I thought that, let's say some of the, for those of you who've seen The Last Jedi, some of like the Canto Bite stuff and the lessons about like, oh, like the system and capitalism within this universe. Um, it was never my issue that it was, you know, what it was saying. It was more so my Twitter rant was about like why this didn't work for me. And that's usually how I approach things like, listen, this is why it didn't work for me. That's all I can say. Uh-huh. Um, and that comes from more of a, well, this is like a big uh Agenda, you can call it an agenda, but you can call it like a big social topic. And I just feel like if you're going to do that, then not that you have a responsibility to, but you should target it that way, uh, or you should show it in a certain way for me for it to work for me. Um, but that's if you're going to do all this agenda stuff. Also, this is kind of like the wrong movie if you're going to get hyped up on agendas. <laughs> like Black Panther came out. Maybe, like you can have yeah. this thought about Black Panther in which you would still be stupid, but like that's like the political Marvel movie right, of, of this right. year. This is about this has a villain that, named they Ghost. That so well. <laughs> you're right. Black Panther handled it so perfectly. Yeah, I, I believe that. But this is a movie about this like just they're trying to get into a, a magical tiny world. <laughs> Other than Guardians of the Galaxy, this yeah. is the most comic booky one, I think, of all the Marvel Universe movies. Like, this to me is the, the lighter, funner side of well, the franchise. I was going to use the example of, like, Jurassic Park. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have this big idea about chaos and, and somebody overreaching yeah. with uh, this kind of technological thing. And so what, what to me makes that movie so magical is that they tackle this really big idea mm-hmm. with such a simple construct of like yeah. you're taking dinosaurs and making them, you know, based on this technology that we have. Yeah. So um, I think that different movies have different kind of like you can use like logos or ethos or pathos, and you can depending on what it's trying to do, it could not be talking about ethics at all. Sure. And and so um, you you might have something that's a little less. Uh, there's kind of like a core to it, but it doesn't, it could be just a monster movie or, or oh, I mean, well, entertainment. You know, I don't want to, uh, you know, sidetrack into that too much. I mean, Jurassic Park's my favorite movie, but I'm also a person who, the reason I like it is because it is a elevated, uh, monster movie Uh, and you know I I would argue that if you really sit down and like listen to like the dialogue and the themes it's a little bit of yeah I mean this movie's kind of like saying a lot of stuff to sound smart uh, but it's just because Steven Spielberg is such like a good director and frames everything in a way that makes it feel empowering Mm -hmm. like if you just take it down to its base elements it like really is just like a smart sounding monster movie but it's done so well Uh, and that's more impressive to me that's why it's my favorite movie Um, but and, you know, like I said, I, li- I love these movies, and, you know, while I wouldn't necessarily call this one aggressively political, um, I would say that it touches upon, like, as we were saying, the family 
stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm often uh, very um, happy with... I'm with Marvel's how they deal with like morality with their heroes, mm-hmm. and I'm I like that they show like good people doing good things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, every now and then I like like the tortured hero, but it's like you know everybody's just trying to do the best thing. And and, and going on to this movie, like, is this the simplest of the Marvel movies this year? I would say so. Um, where it's more of like a race against the clock, got to get here and got to like chase this there and get a MacGuffin um, and if you know anything about me I'm not above it's almost that but this is a quick side note yeah that was like the worst name for a MacGuffin ever it's the component like, give, it, give, it, give it an actual name component of what like it's a thing you're just gonna name it the component and leave it that yeah it okay. could have been like a battery something or a... though this is the type of movie where they could have called it the MacGuffin like literally like Scott Langer could have yeah. called it the MacGuffin yeah. and you would have just went along with it, it. Uh, yeah, that that would have been funny, um, but yeah. Um, so that. see, I, I I definitely agree. I think that the some some movies uh, like Jurassic Park are they they thrive on the fact that they have very um, simple premise and and executed very well. Yeah, and then it can spark a conversation based on it. You can have you know you can get high with your friends and talk about like chaos theory or you can just take it for face value sure i mean that's i'm a big proponent of broad entertainment in this for this exact reason because i feel like you know you listen i'm big like i will delve into the artsy more intellectual movies like i will talk to you about annihilation Uh Uh, i think that has its place i also think it has its place that I grew up, these were the type of movies that made me, it may sound silly, but made me, like, think of big ideas because I'm enjoying, like, oh, like, they're, they're flying on ants and everything, and, like, oh, like, I like these two characters interacting in this way. Why do I like this father? Like, oh, like, I actually see myself in in this. It, quite literally, because there is a biracial uh, thing going on there, and I'm a biracial person. I mean, like, I, at, over the course of this movie, you know, it's funny, I, I've been seeing some uh, pushback to people saying like oh this is the movie where uh oh well marvel's back to its villain problem which i don't personally agree that it ever really had but um i didn't feel that way at all in this movie in fact i felt like this movie as it went on i was like oh man i feel like more and more bad for ghost as this is going on and is it like a big uh philosophical thing like thanos no is it a big political thing like killmonger no but it's a very Simple. Yeah, it's a very visceral yeah. thing. Like, I, I, it's like, yeah. I am dying. I kind of would like to fix that. Yeah. Uh, are we doing spoilers? Oh, I, yes. I, I didn't Sorry. know. If we're, if, are we doing spoilers? We tend to advertise that we have spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention um, it. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so she has the villain. Uh, one of the villains has this problem. Hannah John came in. She was uh, awesome. Yeah. I liked her. Yeah. Um, where she uh, is quantum display just has quantum dysplasia. Uh, quantum something something somebody something said it was like awesome. very confusing and I actually had a little bit of a hard time following some of the science but only just because I just had some chuckleheads sitting next to me <laughs> so it was, a little, it was a little hard to catch some things that theory, I normally would catch. My theory catch. on quantum science is they literally just make stuff up. Sure. I mean it's <laughs> a little bit more I mean even the real quantum physics yeah. <laughs> just make crap up. Like it's not real. They just yeah, this this kind of explains what's going on. Have that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I think in this this movie, I'm just gonna interweave minor criticism or even just criticisms and praise. Um, like, I, I, I'm not a 100% sold on like 
the decisions of like how they use like well why do they need Scott like it just kind of this was the movie that it did feel like well we need something like oh he has like a mental link with her and I'm, I wasn't I don't know if I'm 100% on board with that but I'm also kind of like well it gets the plot going whatever and I have no problem having and that the point of view acting like Michelle Pfeiffer was yeah. really worth <laughs> but like Ghost um, that made sense to me like uh-huh. it was basically like she got hit by a quantum realm uh, a quantum wave and she basically was turning into a ghost. She was uh, mm-hmm. dissipating, and right. and it was just, and she was dying from it. As like yeah. somebody said, it was confusing. I was like, I thought it was pretty straightforward, actually. <laughs> yeah, and so that that um, effect of having her, like, you can kind of see like when they shrink, when Ant Man shrinks or Wasp shrinks, they have that like shadowy yeah. thing. Yeah, right um, from right from the comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so having ghosts have like kind of. Like a negative of herself, kind of warping in and out, was really a cool. It's a small, simple effect that I thought really worked well, especially like when, and like I think like you said, Hannah. I thought performed really well. Because um, I'm, a, I'm a big like I, I'm. I don't need my. I don't particularly need my villains to like be like oh like the like the big deep like character. Like you, uh, you, you can flesh you can flesh it out. But like sometimes I like yeah. Some, sometimes I like the Red Skull. I'm gonna be honest. Like sometimes <laughs> I just want an evil guy, and I was completely fine walking into this movie if that's what she was going to be. But you know, uh, it's funny because some of the lower key Marvel movies, like sometimes the actors like really come to play. And I felt that about the first Ant-Man movie. I felt that about, like, Doctor Strange, where, like, you know, say what you will about the movie, but, like, the actors are really, like, they're doing their thing. Uh-huh. Like, uh, nobody's phoning it in. Nope. I was, And I was a little worried that Douglas was going to do that this time around for whatever reason. And there's one pivotal scene in this, which kind of goes, these are the little moments that elevate these movies a little bit uh, for me in terms of the superhero genre. Um, that Douglas just brings it in yeah. one scene yeah. in particular yeah. uh, that I, I turned to John, like, Oh man, this is really this yeah. is really sad. Um, but going back to Hannah John Kamen, um, as that character goes on and you get more invested in her, they do the phasing thing, and you kind of have like this multiple like like one of her like phase selves is like screaming at Lawrence Fishburne while she's talking. It, it's 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 a very subtle, but I like the effect a lot. Yeah. Well, I'll piggyback on that. The the, the I really like the acting from everybody. Evangeline Lilly and Paul Rudd and um, his daughter was, uh, you know, so cute. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can't remember the actress's name, but Abby, something, but Cassie yeah. is uh, Cassie Lang. Yeah, she's, the... you know, um, pulls at your heartstrings. And everybody was kind of uh, batting a, a, a thousand, in my opinion. Um, and uh, like, like you were saying, a lot of the relationship stuff, uh, I feel like it's just a kind of rock-solid foundation yeah. for the movie um, where, you know, the kind of take when you have the things like Infinity War you can go to something like this where there's this like very small personal story mm-hmm. and um, it's a nice way to kind of break it up to see like oh this this little thing is happening uh, little uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, to, to go off of that like I was saying um, there was a, a tweet uh, thing going around for uh, four franchises uh, I'd like to write and um Two of the ones I picked were Inception and Lost. Okay. Just because I felt like there's these, like with the island, there's just this big sandbox. Mm-hmm. And whatever, you can choose basically to do whatever you want. Right. And, Which uh, is what they did. Yeah. <laughs> to a certain degree. And, <laughs> and, and uh, Inception, I feel like, is the same way. Like, he didn't maybe go, um, like, I could 
I can see a lot of comedic stuff happening in that that isn't really where Nolan wanted to go. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I, I can picture like that. Well, that Nolan would need to understand a human emotion <laughs> such as humor for in order for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I we, like Nolan. I'm just we, we, no, we did we did a um, we did a uh, Interstellar. Yeah. Uh, episode. Oh boy, that was the turning point for Nolan for me, and I and I think that movie's fine. It's just like that said a lot about like, oh, he's a robot. <laughs> that like not Matthew McConaughey, like Nolan, Christopher right, Nolan no, is, yeah. is a machine. McConaughey's got it close now. Yeah. <laughs> he's but anyway, um, the like so in, in that same respect, like the the conceit of Ant Man, mm-hmm. the fact that you can shrink and grow things. Like just inherently the, the, inv- the amount of inventiveness that you get with each installment. Yeah. It's just like, it's so fun. Like seeing all these different things that they like throwing a table salt at a door. Yeah. And having that, you know, uh, the bad guy run up and hit it. It's, it's just, it, it's just for me, I, I was just having a blast with it. Um, and with a lot of like the shrinking and like, and, and I, maybe I just like, like kind of like the conceit and what they do with it. Like I was never, Bored. In fact, like I think the movie picks up when they do it more mm-hmm. a, a, as it goes on. I think my whole, if I can say kind of like what my whole uh, opinion of the movie yeah. was in general, since I, I, I didn't. Um, and I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Um, and I definitely think that when it reaches like maybe a halfway point, like it kind of starts to elevate a little bit more. Um, it's, it, it's definitely... It's interesting because it, it's not a completely different movie. I, I was feeling a little bit of the lack of like, oh, the jazzy kind of like rhythm that the that the first one that the first one may have had. Uh-huh. And I and I've heard some things where it's like, yeah, it's a little bit like we gotta like set up a lot of like sciencey stuff and like get the the plot moving. And and I could feel like. I definitely wouldn't begrudge somebody if they said, like, it does take a little bit long, maybe too long for it to really pick up with them. Um, But for me, there was enough stuff like the Cassie, like the Paul Rudd with Cassie stuff. Um, I thought Paul Rudd was better in this movie um, a little bit. Um, There was just a little bit that, you know, Peyton Reed, the director, got to make a movie from scratch this time. Um, and that's what I felt like. Yeah. And while I do think it may have been lacking in some of, like, the jazzy stuff that maybe because he had to come in and, like, you know, on a limited schedule and make a movie that maybe maybe that showed up in the movie. It's like, come on, we got to do this. Come on, let's go. Um, But, like, this one, um, yeah, I could definitely aim some of that criticism towards this movie about some of the pacing and the story again going in. And I'll be honest, like like I said, about the science uh, explanations of it, I'm a person where I'm like, do whatever, it's wacky science. It's like it's Marvel, I'm not expecting yeah, that. So if, if, I, if I'm entertained, so. I, I don't Sure, think. sure, yeah. but I think this one, everybody got a little bit more to do, I think, in this one. Everybody felt a little bit more comfortable right. uh, in, in, in what they were doing, and I think that by the time it does reach a halfway point to me, um, it just it just starts becoming just like fun, it, and I have this rule with, with movies sometimes that if it gets to an endpoint for me, and I'm like, oh, I really do care about these two characters getting back <laughs> together. Like it's like, oh, when they find like this character, or like when uh, Ghost is you know and Lawrence Fishburne's character are having like a moment. Like I'm like, oh, I care about that. Like, a lot. Like, it's like, I'm glad, like, they reconciled this and these two characters did that. And, like, to me, I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in the movie. I like the movie. Good movie. (laughs) So that's kind of, like, just my general uh, feelings on the movie. I definitely get why this one is enjoyable to a lot of people but may not be wowing people Mm -hmm. as much. This movie – I'm sorry. I'm rambling. I I don't mean to. Um, This will be my last point. This movie was always kind of, like – 
always going to be kind of like that weird kid coming in at the last minute Mm -hmm. because you have Black Panther, which is this huge cultural thing. Mm -hmm. Then you had Infinity War. Uh, Then you have Infinity War, which is the culminate, the 10-year culmination of like this big thing. And you should have like your little kind of like, oh, and here's your little dessert with Mm -hmm. the Ant-Man and the Wasp. But it it was a little strange. I always felt like it, it, they kind of said it, the release schedule kind of set it up in a way where I'm like, yeah, this one may get like lost in the shuffle mm-hmm. a little bit. But I, I do have a weird feeling like I feel like this one will now that I saw how invested I was at the end. I feel like much like the first one, I think it's going to hold up for repeat viewings for me. I yeah. think. Um, and it's super funny. Oh, yeah. it's hilarious. Like, I, I was, and it just get, it's, it gets funnier. Yeah, yeah, it got funnier the more it went yeah. on. It was, it was good. It, it even does the rare thing where sometimes a running gag can be like, all right, we get it. Like, you don't have to repeat it. But it does that rare thing that, like, when the running guy gets paid off yeah, at the end with the like, truth serum, yes, you know, the yes. truth serum bit. Like, because I was watching it, so I was like, well. all right, this is a cute joke. Yeah. But then when it got paid off at the end, I'm like, oh, that's really funny. Yeah. That's really, yeah. So anyway, that's my that's my spiel. Yeah, what's your thoughts? So I, I agree with you that, you know, it is a weird place to release this one yeah. in relation to the other things. But I'm also thinking about it in the sense of Marvel knows what they're doing as far as they made Infinity War a tragedy. Like, straight-up classic tragedy. That was not about any of the superheroes. That was about Thanos' tragic flaw through the whole thing. Um, Well, I would argue with the heroes being some of the most heroic, or no, not the most heroic, the most human, I think, that they've ever Ever been. been. Um, Yeah. Um, Which is another question I was going to ask you later, but I don't know if we have time to talk about (laughs) it. But but this one is a very almost classic-style comedy, where now, after we've had so many issues where the world is at stake, now we have just one that's just like, one person's life is on the line, and there's a lot of relationship things going on, but really the world's not going to explode if this movie doesn't, you know, if sure. the hero doesn't save the day at the end of this one. And it's so... That's right. There were no even suggestions of this is what the bigger ramifications right. are. It was yeah. a very small contained thing and everything yeah. ended up fine at the end and like, you know... There wasn't was a light it? beam going up into the sky. An ant beam? I, I don't mean, like, like, there's a bunch of ants going up in the sky. It's an ant NATO. <laughs> Oh my god! Once again, this movie could have done that, and it would have and been. It would have yeah. worked. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I appreciate the comic relief in between all of the heavier movies that they're doing. Yeah. Um, because especially since I imagine, and I could be wrong, but I imagine that the Captain Marvel movie is going to be more socially conscious as well. Yeah. Than this one, like the, having this in between them, as something just fun to go watch in the summer, it's fine with me. Um, but it was hilarious. I think the jokes were great. Mm. I think the 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 bumbling background characters were hilarious. Oh, awesome. Like yeah. even those guys paid off. Like it wasn't just oh yeah the main characters are totally working on their fullest. The yeah, background Pena guys were just like, so much. Oh my oh, word! Pena is he was just having a, he was it. a blast. I actually felt bad because you uh, John you went to the bathroom during uh, one of his montages. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, and, awesome. and to me I think the best one that but between all the movies. Oh. Like I think they just knew what they wanted to do and it was it was super funny. So I guess I guess you're just gonna have to see it again. Yeah. Oh my god. And Marvel shill, Disney shill over here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Marvel is, is succeeding at it, I think it's succeeded to the point where that the actors who are getting called into these movies are like, yes please. It's like the way Jim Henson used to be, where they they would just have to call the agent, and the actor would be like, "Yes, I don't even care what the thing is, just put me in it, yeah. right? Like, I want to be in this thing." Mm-hmm. So they're all going to be very enthusiastic and very real, and it was it was great. Yeah, no, I, I can't agree more. Acting, execution of the comedy, and the storytelling were all really good. Um, and uh, to get to close this off, I want to talk a little bit about the. Um, <laughs> That we were talking about a little bit during the trailers, mm-hmm. um, how there's that 
dog, that robot dog movie yeah. coming up. <laughs> and we were joking about how it was like that. There, we, we went to see uh, Incredibles 2, and the trailer for that was right before the trailer for Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, well, that's sad that <laughs> that happened. Um, <laughs> and uh, you were saying the same thing about Upgrade. They Upgrade just, and uh, Venom look like very identical um, movies. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that is funny. <laughs> that's a funny... I'm looking forward to Bumblebee, though, which is like... <laughs> I don't know. I just... I don't know well, if I could take question? another one. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, oh, well, so it's going to open up a whole other crazy thing. But I can answer succinctly. My friends were talking recently. We've been playing a superhero role-playing game mm-hmm. where we're teenage superheroes, so it's basically like Teen Titans or something. Um, and the concept came up that superheroes aren't really what they used to be anymore. They're not... They're all flawed now. They're all human. Okay. They're all imperfect in some way sometimes very tragically so like if you're doing like X-Men or something it's very darkly flawed um but they miss the idea of a superhero that is superhuman that is more than flawed that is above all of that like the way Superman used to be um and they're trying to, you know, saying, like, is that even possible anymore? Is that something that we even want now? Like, Did these people just see The Last Jedi? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's that, it's that, it, it sounds like Luke, people who don't like Luke and The Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, no, no offense. Of, um, yeah. Off of an anime thing that they're watching, actually. Yeah. There's a superhero. Wait. My Hero Academia? Yeah, I'm somewhat familiar. And there's a yeah. character in there that is very, just very noble and very, like, the pinnacle of what a human should be. Yeah. And they're like, well, how come people aren't doing that anymore with... The superhero movies. Well, um, you mind if I answer that? No, I, I, I'll have maybe two cents after, but... Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, my, my answer to that would be, I mean, look at Avengers Infinity War. I mean, Avengers Infinity War, and this has been the thing I've argued about it, and is that the reason the heroes... Spoilers for Avengers Infinity War. The reason the heroes lose in that movie is because they're being their noble best self, that they're not compromising certain things. Like, I got in a huge argument, like, the fact that Captain America in that movie is like, no, we're not going to trade lives. And all the Wakandans are like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll back that up. Like, they're not going to let Vision die uh, to save the world. They're just not going to do that. Now, from a grand standpoint, uh, from a grander perspective, could you say, like, that's probably not the best thing because you're sacrificing, you're risking the lives of billions Everybody. for this one person. Sure. But that, to me, is a very, like, no, we're putting our foot down. Like, we're mm-hmm. not going to sacrifice this life. And, and you go into another example in that movie, Star-Lord. Everybody's crapping on Star-Lord for something. Star-Lord, and maybe this goes a bit more into their flawed thing, but I would say it's his, the most human thing he, he's done. The heroes in that movie, to me, lose... Um, which makes that movie interesting to me is because they are at their mo- they're sticking behind all these things that in many other movies have helped them win. It's always worked right. out for them because they're not going to compromise their stuff. I've never really liked Captain America until these movies oh. before, and yeah. that it, it's a character that is going to be the you know I'm going to fight here. Like I, you know, I watched uh, the first Avenger not too recently, and it made me love Infinity War more because I'm like, here comes this scrawny guy to that image of he's going to be the last man fighting Thanos. Um, so do these characters, are they infallible? No. Um, but I still think ultimately what they represent and the things that they learn, I mean, these characters always end up being the characters who ultimately do the right thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, and part of it is that it's a movie, it's a story. You can't just have it be like, right. oh, we're going to do the best thing ever all the time. But the Guardians, they, you know, they ended up being people who didn't care about anybody to now we're going to save the world to one raccoon who's right. like, yeah, I still don't really care about anybody because I don't think anybody cares about me to, oh, wait, people will show up at my funeral. This is really sad to... I'm going to offer this God of Thunder an eyeball. Right. <laughs> so that would be my, my answer to this. I would say they're the most superheroes that I've, I've seen as opposed to other things that I will not name where <laughs> they treat the superhero dumb as a burden. Yeah. And I feel like that's the thing I like about yeah. these movies is that they don't do that. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll piggyback off that. I think that's a good... I was thinking of, like, if you watch Infinity War, um, there's this amazing part where Captain America and Black Panther are running together to fight. How awesome is that? Yeah, it's such an amazing image in that that movie. Um, But, like, you can can look at these movies and think, because, and this goes back to the the main point, or what I was bringing up before, you can look on a surface level and see these people are imperfect and think that that means that heroism doesn't exist in these movies anymore. Um, But I think that's just a surface level thing. Like, just because um, Star-Lord... Um, is immature at times and makes jokes and uh, there's people like Captain America who are you know always the leader and stuff like that but But also let's not forget sorry to interrupt but let's not forget Star-Lord did make a mature decision earlier in that movie Mm -hmm. where he was going to be holden to the wishes of the person he loved and it didn't work out and so I didn't mean to interrupt but like I mean like these characters are trying to do the best that they possibly can, they stand stand for that. So right. sorry. Yeah, yeah, so I, I just think that there's a is there's uh you, there might be a lack of nuance in looking at the characters if you you know look at um like the fact that this movie has a blue filter and you think that like that means that it's edgy all of a sudden <laughs> and um like if you're not gonna look further into what's happening in the story and judge based on that yeah. like I I think that if you look at what the characters are actually doing and how um. And how they're trying to define, you know, manhood and masculinity and heroism and stuff, um, then you're not going to see that there's uh, something a little bit deeper going on in that level. Um, I mean, look, but like Spider-Man. Spider-Man is like in the top three superheroes worldwide. And his whole thing is like he's the person he is because he made a big mistake. Right. He made, and then to kind of segue back into this movie, so you can do your wrap up, John, <laughs> just to kind of bring it back. Again, we mentioned this earlier. This movie is very is not shy about that Scott is always trying to do the right thing, and it doesn't work out sometimes. And sometimes him trying to do that makes things worse. E- even worse. Um, and and I, I think there is a humanity to that. Um, and, you know, I think that, and no disrespect to, like, your, your friends or whatever, what, what they were saying, but there is a, a little bit of confusing, like, what you were saying, John, of, like, the heroism and the fallibility of a person with, well, they're not great. They're not good. Um, where I think there is value in seeing, like, no, they are fallible, but they will always try to do the right thing right. at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, that's what, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, that that's what everybody does. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. That's That was my opinion as well. I just was trying to figure out how to explain this to them. But I think it's more heroic to know that you are a fallible person mm-hmm. and to try to do the right thing anyway than to be someone like Superman who is, everyone assumes, Who's trying to punch there's Batman. nothing wrong with <laughs> well, well, I mean, this movie, like, this movie could have ended with them killing Ghost. 
Like, they could have written it in a way where it's like, I'm tortured and I'm just trying to help myself. And then it's like, oh, no, you're dead. And, you know, this movie does go out of way, which was another kind of little science thing. Like, uh, we didn't talk about Michelle Pfeiffer enough. I like Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie a lot. I I did think about, like, I'm now a quantum, uh, like, wizard, and I'm going to heal your ghost powers. It's very exciting. I was like, oh, I want her to be a superhero. Here's the thing where it's it's fine with me because I like character-wise where it's going. I like story-wise what it's doing just because I just am enjoying the movie. It, it did feel a little clean to me, like a little too clean that, like, she's now out and she has, like, these magic powers and I'm going to heal you. I'm like... That's what I'm saying. It was totally yeah. classic. But she ended up being... Everything's happy at the end. Everything's yeah. awesome. Best possible ending. Yeah, but she ended up being a decent person, too. Good. Yeah. Like, it's... Like, she... Like, I... You know. Um, so, anyway, I, I hope that answered your question. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it was uh, really good and I definitely enjoyed seeing it with you guys. Your your Twitter handle, for those of you... Uh, yeah, and, and can I just match it with some final thoughts of the movie? Sure. Yeah, so my, my Twitter handle is at uh, WA WFC Studios, uh, WFC, WFC uh, The Ethnic Nerd, I believe uh, my my name is, if you guys want to follow me and talk about, uh, look at those shows that I mentioned at the top. And uh, yeah, I thought it was, I think it's a super enjoyable movie. I think it does get better as it goes along. I wouldn't begrudge anybody by thinking, eh, maybe it takes a little too long for me. I completely get it. Um, you know, it's definitely the more fun romp of the Marvel movies this year. Um for lack of a better term, I can get where people like maybe not as substantial, but I, I'm good. Like I could have actually used more chases in this movie. Like it really could have been about like get the building, get the what is it called, the component, the get, component. The component. get the component. Uh, but I, I have to say, like it's been a while since we've had like like a car chase in like a superhero movie, like a chase in a superhero like a movie, and like you'll know what when the chase starts. There's a chase in this movie. It's pretty much the entire third act, and it is. Awesome. And and one last thing. I'm not a big person where I get, like, tired of seeing people punch each other. Like, you know, I get that criticism. But it is kind of cool to see, in a superhero movie, multiple power sets fighting against each other. Mm. That you see, like, a ghost person, uh, like, fighting a person who can shrink. And one of which is in a malfunctioning suit, <laughs> which delivers all sorts of comedy that I'm very happy with. Yes. Uh, so I would suggest uh, I would suggest Ant-Man and the Wasp for a fun time at the... At the theater, and I and don't know where it ranks. Maybe a little bit more mid tier, but also mid tier for me is very good. So that's that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially when you're talking about Marvel. you're <laughs> depressed after Infinity War. This is a very good, uplifting film. <laughs> Until you watch the post credit scene. Until you watch the post credit scene. There's that. But the rest of it was very uplifting and fun. I'm a little mixed on that post credit scene. Yeah. By the way, um, because I'm like I'm excited because it. It does an interesting thing where it puts Ant-Man in an interesting position for the next movie where I'm like, oh, that is super interesting. I can't wait to see that pays off. There's a little bit like, oh, man, like we just had this movie where you showed Evangeline Lilly be awesome as the Wasp. And now now she's not. But she also said she's going to be in that movie. Uh, This was kind of a thing like that's a little bit of a bummer, but I kind of got over it uh, on my way driving. (laughs) I get it. It was just if I, you know, if I had to if I had to have one little nitpick I would say that would be a nitpick for me well yeah I kind of felt like totally it was just like Oh. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why, you know, a lot of people have been kind of saying... That was like, everybody's reaction to Yeah, like, yeah. And I, and I would get that. Like, I have a person who may be a little bit critical of, like, how <laughs> dour the end of Infinity War gets, especially coming after, like, Ragnarok and, like, how this one may end. I would understand the nitpick, <laughs> but, uh, but I am excited to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, same here. 
Um, so yeah, it was great having you. Thanks for having me. For uh, yeah, I, for I, I hope I have been able to offer my uh, Marvel uh, love uh, properly <laughs> to the table. We'll talk about the check after. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. You know, I'm, I'm not in uh, California right now, so it's like I, I thought I told them to a different uh, address, but guess yeah, not. I know that guy. Oh, that guy is messing up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. <Bye-bye. Bye-bye. laughs> Take care.